Welcome to a brand new Power Half Hour here on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahachko, and visible to me and only me all the way in L.A., which is good based on this week's topic. He is the co-host on the West Coast, Mr. Chad Smart. Hello, Chad. How are you, sir? Hello, Greg. How is it going? I asked you first. Uh, yeah, well, I'm saying it's, it's going all right here in L.A., L.A. Uh, just my kids some tacos and going for a hike. And uh, But I think before we go any further, I think we kind of have to um, pay a little respect to, to the late, great Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, peek behind the curtain. If you listen to Nerds United and you listen to it, you know, when the episodes come out fresh, you'll know that co-host of the year, Mike and I, deep dove into uh, the life and times of Jerry Bruckheimer, who we said passed away. And we went through, you know, all of the great titles that he produced and uh, some of the ones that were still in the works. And then Chad reached out Sunday or Monday. I can't remember which. I think it was Sunday. And he said, getting caught up on Nerd United. I didn't know Jerry Bruckheimer died. You would think I know that living in L.A., and I said, dot, dot, dot. Oh, shit. I think we meant Joel Schumacher. <laughs> so, coming in this week on Nerds United, a retraction and a proper in memoriam for the actual producer director who passed away, Joel Schumacher. Thanks. Yeah, for- one, of them gave, one of them gave us nipples on the bat suit. The other gave us Michael Bay. And, and we'll never <laughs> forget Joel Schumacher who in those... Uh, Bat nipples, bat nips, as they are. But he did also give us the Lost Boys and DC Cab. So the good goes with the bad. You know, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. Have you seen DC Cab? No. It's his first film. It's all about uh, a spoiler: a cab company in DC. And it stars uh, Adam Baldwin from Chuck and mm. oh, yeah. Mr. T and Gary Busey. So the Barbarian Twins. You remember? Ming and the Barbarian? What's that? Ming the Barbarian? No. Ming and the Barbarian? No, not the Powers of Pain. <laughs> the Barbarian Twins. They, they made a movie, I think, called The Barbarians. I think they were Peter and Paul Barbarian, two muscle-bound guys. But uh, – that cab company just had your normal cab cars. Nothing special about them. So they probably will not come up later in this episode. Which, nice segue, Chad. This episode is all about our favorite television and movie cars, vehicles, we'll say. Uh, modes of transportation, in case you want to get uh, you know, a little... Out of the box. And it's not a it's not a top five. Nay nay. It's just sharing some thoughts and memories about some of our our favorites from over the years. Are you gonna are you gonna look at anything in particular as far as like are you gonna go back to your youngin' days or are you gonna be like, you know, I really like that Tumblr from the Dark Knight, you know, Christopher Nolan uh trilogy. I mean I will mention cars but I, I probably most of them will be from my youth most likely 
Sweet. Just because that's when I paid attention. Like cars today, I don't pay attention to, and the Tumblr from Dark Knight will never uh, compare to the 1966 Batmobile. So um, I'm, I'm going old school. Well, let's go old school then, and let's uh, let's have you start it up. What, how, well, where do you, where do you, what year do you want to take us to, or do you know? Yeah, I'll go back. I don't know the year exactly. I have one that I think I'm going to save later on because I think it is the probably the ultimate car pop culture car thing. Yes. So my first one that I'm going to throw out is I don't think uh, you know fans have gone out of style over the years. We don't see. And you have the minivan now, but no one is ever going to forget the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo. It, it's on my list. Yeah, I think that's that one that, uh, you know, I, I think there are only two seats in that van. So I don't know what Shaggy and usually Velma and Scooby were doing in the back there to stay safe. Uh, that cannot be done in today's world because you need your seatbelts, you need all your safety features. But I'm pretty sure Scooby and Shaggy may have just been sitting back there eating Scooby snacks all, all the time while Thread was trying to figure out where they were going and which ghost to go haunt, to go figure out next, this old Mr. Jones. Yeah, I, that van is, you know, we've been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo in my house. I've probably watched more Scooby-Doo, honestly, in the last six months than I watched in my prior 37 and a half years mm. um that's no disrespect to you know uh, scooby and the gang it's just my son for whatever reason loves scooby-doo and kind of all iterations of it we watch he he calls it dad scooby-doo which is you know the original stuff uh scooby-doo where are you that we have on amazon prime uh all the way to you know stuff that came out 2013 2014 um that's on Netflix, which is, I believe, Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. And that's a, you know, that's a narrative. You know, most of most of the, you know, Scooby Doo episodes from our youth are one-offs. You know, they they stand on their own. They go. They're traveling. They're in an area. They solve a mystery. I would have gotten away with it if not for you meddling kids. And that's it. But this one tells a narrative over about two seasons, all the way up to the movie Scoob that we purchased as soon as it was became available um, via Amazon. I think it is uh, the one that was supposed to be in theaters back in May. We own it. I've seen it. It's a nice Scooby movie. However, it's an also bigger picture, uh, you know, broader strokes. It is opening up the Hanna-Barbera coffers. You get Captain Caveman, you get Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Uh, you get, some more faces that you're familiar with. It's really nice if they do a Hanna-Barbera universe, you know, animated universe, it'd be a nice gateway in that. So, but I'm, I'm all in on, on the mystery machine. Um, there are, there are some seasons I might be, I think it's that, you know, Scooby-Doo mystery incorporated that's on Netflix where Fred is, you know, mystery machine is his passion. It is his love it is, you know, it is, it's like um, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's Cameron's dad's Ferrari. It is his love. It is the thing he cares most about. And then Ferris would say it is his fault for not, you know, 
locking the garage or something like that. Um, he cares more about the van than he does Daphne or, or you know, the gang individually. I think he loves the gang more, but, you know, that van on an individual basis, he he loves it. So I have, I have a strong affinity for the mystery machine. I, uh, yeah, I wanted to check out the Scuba movie, but I just couldn't uh, pay the rental fee that they were charging when it came out. So hopefully in the future, I will check that out. And anything with Blue Falcon and Dino Mud, I am in for. So I'm not going to. Anyway, I, I really have nothing else to add to about the Mystery Machine. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, tell you any more about it, you know, any spoilers or anything like that. But it's a, it's an enjoyable picture. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I am going to stay on the animated side. In fact, I'm going to stay in the Hanna-Barbera world. For me, it's kind of a toss-up, a tie between the Jetsons and the Flintstones footmobiles. Um, you know, obviously powered two completely different ways. That 80s movie, I think we had on VHS Possibly that was the Flintstones meet the Jetsons or the, the Jetsons meet the Flintstones, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And you had to see them adapting to the others, you know, way of life. But uh, I don't know. Those are I'm still waiting for a Jetsons live action movie. I'm surprised we haven't had one. We had Flintstones a couple times in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we haven't had a Jetsons one. But I, I would, you know, kind of start my list with, uh, you know, some of those. So it's, a, it's kind of a tie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine having a Flintstone mobile. Like, I don't think I could uh, pedal it fast enough to actually go anywhere. Maybe that, you know, I don't have those big Fred Flintstone feet. And the Jetsons just makes me disappointed that our cars don't fold up now and you can take them with you wherever you go. Because here in LA, you know, where parking is terrible, that would be great if I didn't have to worry about parking. But. I would also say if you have not watched the 1990 Jetsons animated movie, simply titled Jetsons the Movie, you should check it out because it's a good story and has an awesome soundtrack. I believe it's, I think it's on HBO at the moment as we record this. But yeah, also Jetsons just kind of, you know, gave us hope that we would have flying cars by now. And we don't. So I don't know why our automakers have failed us. I wish I had that answer for you, but I feel like it's something they're probably working on. But then again, I look at how people drive on the street, and maybe we don't need to let them go to the sky. You know what? That's that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I feel like it'd be. Uh, uh, I, this is my reference. This is my reference point. It's not the best, but it's the one I'm going with right now, and that is. Uh, Episode two, Attack of the Clones, where it's just you have, you know, flying cruiser speeders of, of all types, and they're just going, you know, in all directions in various elevations. And I just feel like that would cause a lot of problems. I agree with you. And uh, I'm going to use that as a jumping off point. Uh, my next one that I'm going to bring up that I think is kind of an iconic vehicle is, is from the Star Wars land, but probably not what you're thinking of right now, I'm going to go with Luke Skywalker's land speed. That's exactly the one I thought you were going to say. Ah, es- espe- my- especially when you said probably not the one you're thinking of. I said, oh, he's going to ah. go land speeder. 
Okay, well, then it is the one you're thinking of. <laughs> read my mind. Yes, I thought you might be thinking I was going with an X-Wing or the Millennium Falcon. But the land speeder, I, don't, I think, doesn't get its due due to the fact that you have the Millennium Falcon, you have Slave One, which, well, that might be problematic now. Anyway, land speeders are <laughs> say, there. The, and, these are the speeders you're looking for. Yes. Uh, you know, it's only a two-seater, so when you have to carry your droids, they just have to strap in on the back cargo hold, I guess, if there is one. But, yeah, I don't know if you ever had the land speeder toy as a kid. It might have been before your time. But, no, it's just a fun little – it's a unique vehicle that is, you know, easy to get around and – and I really don't have anything else to say. I have no specs on how fast the land speeder can go um, or anything like that. So your thoughts on the land speeder? Um, we didn't get enough of it. I think that's about all I can say. I mean, obviously, they didn't spend a whole hell of a lot of time on Tatooine. I just wanted, I wanted more land speeders. And I believe in the – we got some modified version of the land speeder in uh, – the Rise of Skywalker, I felt like, or, or maybe I'm thinking, I don't know, I, there's been a lot of Star Wars movies and it's some of <laughs> aspects of them run together. I just feel like I could use more land speeder. Um, you know, good, a good uh, vehicle to just get around the planet on yeah. while staying on planet, you know, without jumping into hyperspace. So, Well, one thing I will bring up, according to uh, reports that I read years ago, so... This was actually pre-internet, I believe, so it should be true. Um, is that when they made the land speeder vehicle, they uh, actually took it out on the roads here in California to test it, and uh, you know that would have been a sight to see. That would especially great. if it had the mirrors at the bottom that reflected to make it look like it, it was hover. Now, now tell me that story. I feel like there's a bit. No, of I think trade. I just did. <laughs> That's all I know. They took it out. I don't. I felt like there was a bit of trivia there that I was not aware of. Um, I'm going to just say Google it and see what comes up because I can't verify my facts right now. Well, let's stay. Actually, no, there's not really any any landing point from going to a galaxy far, far away to going to the 1980s. So we're just going to say the 1980s. Uh, One of my favorite shows growing up happened to be I honestly think because it, it was on in the house all the time. My dad loved the show, and that was MacGyver. And MacGyver had a vehicle that he had. Any of the episodes where he was at home, you know, he had a, a Jeep, just a small Jeep, no door, open air, you know, no top, whatever. But for some reason, the and, and I can't find... I'm looking, There's I don't know if you know this about, there's IMDb that everybody knows, but there's also the IMCDB, which is the Internet Movie Cars database. And I was looking on uh, the MacGyver aspect of it to try to find pictures, but it's one of the, he he's in Turkey or something like, he's in, you know, an Eastern European country, possibly behind, you know, the Berlin Wall at that time. And he's helping a family, uh, get away from the oppressed area. And at the end of the episode, he gives the little girl his pocket watch, but in, in the getaway and tell me, you stop me if you've ever seen any of this, 
But uh, the getaway in- includes MacGyver and members of the family driving identical, almost Italian job style. They're driving cars that they're not Mini Coopers, but they were red, white, and blue uh, identical vehicles. And they're, you know, some of those circular, uh, you know, tunnels, things like that. They're going up the sides and in and, and, and their getaway. I cannot find for the life of me the type of car that it was. I am looking uh, continuing to look, and if I find the information, I will interrupt the conversation at that point and share it. But uh, that 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 episode from a series that I watched religiously, it was on Monday nights, and I I watched it every week with my dad. You know, and and it started in '86, I think. I'm sorry, '85, and went to '92. So imagine three-year-old Greg, uh, you know, watching this, uh, you know, with it with his dad in the '80s, and yeah, I, I just that series set uh, sits apart in my mind, but that episode and those vehicles do, and, and you know, I just have great memories of of watching that show. Good times. How do you feel about the new MacGyver? Never watched it. No offense right. to. Uh, so we don't know if he's driving a Jeep. I couldn't honestly tell you, and that's all right. Uh, I'm all right yeah. with that. I, I never watched Mac- MacGyver. I did see the movie MacGruber. Same here. Which I thought was quite hilarious. But uh, I don't remember any vehicle from McGruber either. So I, I have nothing to add to that conversation, which is awesome for podcasting. That's okay. The audience out there is listening. Because like, wow. Because it allows you to, to jump into your next one. Well, I was going to say, go back to the late 70s. And what do you need to be the coolest person, the coolest guy around? I think I know where not, you're going with this. Not a uh, leisure suit, unless you're dancing in the club. But you need no. uh, a, a, a young lady on your arm who has fair faucet hair. Mm. Maybe uh, okay. some bell-bottom jeans. Yeah, maybe. If maybe. it's the late 70s, maybe you need a particular vehicle with a particular bird on the hood. I was thinking you need you need a cowboy hat, an awesome mustache, and a black Trans Am. And a great song. <laughs> so, yeah, Smokey, or Smokey, uh, the Bandits. Uh, you don't need the Smokey's car. That's just a generic police car. But the Bandits Trans Am was the coolest vehicle to to my generation growing up. And, uh, you, you know, very few people, I think, can pull off the Burt Reynolds smile and laugh. And the closest that we've come to it is uh, Norm MacDonald on My Name is Earl. He would play Little Chubby, uh, Chubby Jr., the offspring of Burt Reynolds on My Name is Earl. Hmm. Yeah, they, uh, uh, yeah, Trans Am. My, my first uh, job in car sales. So go back to all the way back to 2014. And my boss at the time said, you know, of course, he's, I don't know, 20 something years older than me. I mean, he has kids who are just a couple years younger than me. So do the math. But he said that, and it helps that, you know, his dad had a dealership in town, but he said he had a Trans Am that looked just like (laughs) Bandit's Trans Am. I said, oh, that is awesome. It's somewhere he found a picture, but, you know, it's a picture from the late 70s. So, it you know, it aged you know, worse than he did. And 
to his credit, he he didn't age too bad. So lucky him. <laughs> it's not fair, damn it. Uh, but yeah, that you know, I I know it's a little bit before your time, but I remember, like I said, growing up in the late seventies, early eighties, that was the car. It was like you either when you grew up to be an adult, you either wanted to be Roger Staubach, Bandit, or Luke Skywalker. Or maybe that's just me. I was going to say, which one did you end up being? C-3PO. Uh, oh, that's dude, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, yeah, so, and by the way, yeah, that movie might have come out, you know, a few years before I was born, but it's so ingrained in our cultural DNA that, you know, you, you can't not, you just can't not know it. So... Uh, 1977, Smoking Bandit, the, the Trans Am. I'm going to go a few years later. It is well in, uh, you know, our, our, uh, DNA, if you will. And that's going to be a little Cadillac that had a very particular siren on it for the 1984 film, Ghostbusters, the Cadillac Ecto-1. I did not realize it was a Cadillac. It was, uh, well, of course, it was an ambulance. It was a Miller Meteor Futura Cadillac ambulance. So, the Ecto-1. Okay, when I came out to L.A. in 2001, when I was first scouting, if I wanted to come live out here, had a friend who had a friend who worked at Sony and got us onto the lot one night just to walk around. And of course, nothing was going on. We did see the Spider-Man production office, uh, which was a door that said Spider-Man production office. And we snuck onto the Jeopardy set. So I got to see that and come around a corner and there was the Ecto-1 just out and about, doors unlocked. So of course, we kind of Got in, took a seat, and just uh, imagined being a Ghostbuster. But keys, they did not leave the keys inside, unfortunately. But yeah, and then, uh, you know, next summer now, due to the delay, we will see the new installment of Ghostbusters, where they'll bring back the Ecto-Mobile. Now, you have high expectations? Yes, um, but I like that, at least in the, the one full trailer that I've seen, I think the one full trailer that they've shown... Or, you know, the teaser trailer that was more than just, you know, the the old barn. They actually had a trailer out months ago now. Seems like years. But uh, it looks like they took some of the modifications from the cartoon and put them into the movie. You know, like the uh, the side open doors with the, the swing seats, things like that, that you can, oh, yeah. you know, be a passenger and still, you know, be on the go and still be able to, you know, fire your your blaster, so... Excited about that. All right. Well, I'm just hoping that Melissa McCarthy and uh, the other female Ghostbusters make an appearance. Because tie it all together. Right. Bring them into the yeah. fold. What else you got, Jay? Save it. Well, you know, you mentioned modifications from a cartoon, so that got me thinking that I'm I trying to think if it has a – specialized name or not, but I'm going with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles van 
I'm just stuck on Vans tonight, I guess. Um, the I think it's maybe just I need called to buy the, new shoes. I think it's just called the Turtle Wagon. Maybe, yeah, the Turtle Pizza Wagon or something like that. I don't know, but I, I'm more familiar with it from the movies than I am the cartoon. And the Turtle just, Turtle Party Wagon Mutant Attack Van, according to the uh, original packaging on the. I can't really call it the action figure, but on the vehicle playset from the nineties. Yeah. So that's, I, you know, who, if you're a turtle, what mode of transportation do you think is best suited for your large shell? Obviously an attack van, but that's, that's really all I got. I'm I, just, uh, I like how, out right now. I yeah. like how it shoots out manhole covers. <laughs> And you know you why know, manhole but, covers are round, Chad? I do. I was just about to ask you the same question. <laughs> well, go ahead. Yeah, so that if you tilt them up sideways, they will not fall into the hole. Whereas if they were square, they could go diagonally exactly. and fall on someone and hurt them. Exactly right. A circle is the only shape that cannot fall into itself, you know, assuming it's the same size. And, you know, so... Well done. Look at us. We're on the same page. Where you learn something every night on Power Half Hour. We're like Abbott and Costello, like Sonny and Cher. I'm getting into a anime. We don't experience. like each other. We can't stand uh, talking to each other. Okay. I don't know. I'm confused. Is that was that the thing? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So we're we're running short on time here, as we do. Let's. I'm just going to rattle off a few that are, you know, in when I think of iconic vehicles, we, we haven't even touched on some of the big ones. You know, one is the 66 Batmobile, the DeLorean, and honestly for me, my, my, my Batmobile was the Tim Burton Batmobile for uh, Batman and Batman Returns that got kind of revamped and saw a lot more of it in Batman the Animated Series. Very similar style. All right. Well, you kind of hit on it, but I think, to me, the most iconic vehicle in pop culture is a, a car that did not do well when it was actually launched as a car, but has become more of a, a you know, a influence in pop culture than it ever was in the car world. And that is the DeLorean. Well, it's the I, solid I, steel body that didn't do it any favors. Yeah. Well, and the, then the car doors that went up because if you parked next to someone, you couldn't get out of the car. See, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe it's because I drive you know, a truck and to, I just park out in the back of the parking lot anyway. <laughs> but had back to the future used a refrigerator for a time machine like they originally thought of, then we probably would never, I wouldn't even have known DeLoreans existed. But now, thanks to the success of Back to the Futures 1, 2, and 3, you can't help but think of your mom having the hots for you whenever you see a DeLorean. I, and you know, uh, <laughs> I wonder if they would have used the refrigerator, if that would have affected the... Uh, time travel device used in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, if they would have, if they, oh, we can't be, you know, like, a, we can't do 
the uh, phone booth that's too similar to a refrigerator. And, you know, if that would have, I mean, that, that decision there might have altered m- more, uh, you know, cinematic Time universes. space continuums. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say cinematic universes than just uh, Back to the Future. Could be. And if they stuck with the refrigerator, more kids may have died trying to emulate Marty McFly, which is why they chose not to go that way. And then we could weed out the herd. That's true. Although you and I might not be sitting here now. I would like to think that I would not have been that dumb, but I know me. Um, (laughs) Real quick, something that uh, surprised me in the Jurassic World movies, the reboot or or revamp of the franchise, they use uh, Jeep Wrangler uh, vehicles. However, I always thought that that's just what they did, but in the original ones, they did a Ford Explorer with the nice paint job and the uh, panoramic glass roof. So um, there you go. I I like the I like the paint job I think more than I like the vehicle. So Chad, yeah, um, the I mean the Jurassic Park vehicles are definitely iconic, but just based on their paint scale. But um, the the vehicles themselves I don't think have any superpowers or super. You know, interesting factoids. I, I wonder, you know, the big gyroscope ball from Jurassic World, and you could just get that and play giant hamster balls with. But uh, unfortunately, Greg, uh, I would love to stay and talk, but I need to go get gas because, like the license plates on the DeLorean, we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.